اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم we'll begin from ayah number 168 یا ایوہ الناس او مانکائنڈ او پیپل اللہ سبحانہ وتعالی addresses all people previously when we read یا ایوہ الناس what was the command اعبدو ربکم worship your lord and now what's the command کلو eat interesting First we were told worship and now we're being told eat. Why? What's the connection? The thing is that when a person worships Allah, then he can even make his eating an act of worship. He can make his drinking an act of worship. He can make his sitting and his standing and his walking an act of worship. Meaning even through these little little things, he can earn the pleasure of Allah. He can make Allah happy. Just like when you love someone, you can make them happy with little little things. When you know about what they like. When you know about what they like, you can please them with little little things as well. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us over here, Kulu, eat from Hamza Kaflam. Eat. Eat what? Mimma of that which fil ardi is in the earth. Eat what is in the earth. Meaning anything that is on the earth, in general, you can eat it. Obviously there are exceptions, and inshallah we will learn about that as we study the Qur'an. But kulu mimma fil ardi, eat whatever that is in the earth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayah 29, that huwa alladhi khalaqa lakum ma fil ardi, Jameeran, Allah has created whatever is in the earth for you. So eat, whether it is stuff that you find on trees, or it is stuff that you find underground, or it is grains, or it is fruits, or it is vegetables, or it is birds, or it is fish, or it is animals. Eat. Kulu mimma fil ardi. However, there is one condition. And what is that? That it should be halal. Halalan tayyiban. Meaning, eat that which is halal, eat that which is tayyib. Halal is from halam, lam. And halal is that which is permissible, that which is allowed. Now what is it that we are allowed to eat? When is food halal? There are two reasons, there are two things that make something halal. First of all, when it is halal in and of itself. In and of itself, it's a permissible thing to eat. So for example, apple. Is it halal? Yes. An animal, such as a cow that was slaughtered, and at the time of slaughtering, Bismillah was pronounced, and the person who slaughtered it was a Muslim, a Christian, or a Jew. Okay. So that meat, can you eat it? Is it halal? Yes, it is. Because Bismillah was pronounced. The name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was mentioned at the time of slaughtering. So, It is halal fi thatihi, in and of itself. Secondly, it is halal fi kasbihi, in the way it was acquired. So for example, you go to the grocery store, and as you're shopping, as you're buying the fruit, you see grapes. Oh, they look very nice. Let me take a few. And you start eating. No, I don't think I'm going to buy the grapes. They're very expensive, but I'm just going to eat some here. So you eat them. You go to bulk barn and you see, let's say, cookies and you like them. You're not going to buy them but you start eating. And if somebody tells you, why are you eating? You say, it's halal. It has a kosher sign on it. 
Okay. It's halal fi thatihi, but is it halal fi kasbihi? Did you buy it? Did the store owner give it to you? No. So it's not halal for you to eat it. If you eat it, you're eating haram. You're eating haram. If a person finds change in another person's bag, in their pencil case, and they take it, and they go to the cafeteria, buy a piece of pizza, and they eat it, and they say it's halal. Okay, the pizza in and of itself is halal, but did you acquire it through halal means? No. So eat whatever you want. But make sure that it is halal, it is permissible. And it is also tayyiban, tayyib, tayyaba. Tayyib is something that is clean, that is pure, that is good. And tayyib is also something that is beneficial for someone, meaning it's favorable for them, it suits them. We learn about reeh that is tayyib. When a ship is sailing, wind that is tayyib, meaning wind that is favorable. It's not blowing against the ship, but with the ships, that with the sails, the ship can smooth even faster. So tayyib is what? Good, beneficial, clean, and favorable. So halalan tayyiban, halal understood. What is this tayyib? Eat tayyib food. Meaning eat that food which is actually good for you. When is food good for us? When is food clean for us? What's the first condition? That it has to be halal. So tayyib in other words is halal. Because that which is not halal, what is it? It's impure, it's unclean. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says concerning mayta, a dead animal, that fa'innahu rijs. Indeed it is rijs, it is filthy, it is impure. So tayyib is first of all halal. Something that is good, Clean has to be permissible for us to eat. Secondly, in the general sense as well, it should be something that is good. So for example, if instead of drinking water, every time you have an option to drink something, you get a very sugary, extremely sugary drink that is terrible for your teeth, terrible for your stomach, terrible for your health, is that tayyib? Is that tayyib? No, it's not. It's not at all tayyib. If instead of having the fruits and the vegetables and the very beneficial, nutritious food that Allah has created, instead of having that, all the time we're munching on processed foods, will that be tayyib? No. I'm not saying that processed food is haram. Please don't think like that. Processed food is halal. If it is halal. Okay? However, it may not be tayyib. It may not always be tayyib. Why? Because if you have too much of it, then what's going to happen? Is it not going to affect your body? Yes. All the preservatives, all the extra ingredients, if you ever look at the ingredients, what do they tell you? What are you eating? Literally, if you look at the ingredients, and the second thing is sugar on the list of ingredients, what does it mean? That thing is packed with sugar. So don't eat it. I remember I took a lesson somewhere on quality chocolates. I love chocolate. So, what is good chocolate? What is pure chocolate? How chocolate is made? What are the things about cocoa? Where it comes from? And it said that if sugar is one of the first three ingredients, don't buy the chocolate. Don't buy it. Because it has more sugar than cocoa. So, there's hardly any real premium chocolate in it. It's not good for you. It's not going to bring about that real taste, that original taste of chocolate. So, if there's too much sugar in something then is that tayyib? No. So, halalan tayyiban. 
eat that which is halal and tayyib. وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا خُطُوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ And do not follow the footsteps of shaytan. Again, see, تَتَّبِعُوا اتِّبَاعُ تَابَعَيْنِ Don't follow the خُطُوَاتِ of shaytan. خُطُوَات is the plural of خُطُوَة, خَاطَ وَاو. And خُطُوَة is basically the gap, the space that is between two footprints. The space that is between two footprints. And خُطُوَات, footsteps, footprints. When a person is walking, one step, second step, third step. Each step leads to the other. So don't follow the footsteps of shaitan. What does it mean by following the footsteps of someone? Following the footsteps of someone means following them in what they do. That whatever they are doing, you do the same thing. So for example, a person is following the khutuwat of a ba'ir, of a camel. He is going exactly the way that the camel went. So if a person is following the khutuwat of shaitan, what does it mean? He is doing exactly what shaitan does. He is doing what shaitan does, what shaitan wants him to do, what shaitan calls him to, the actions that shaitan likes. Allah says, do not follow the footsteps of shaitan. Why? Because innahu, indeed he, meaning shaitan, he is lakum for you, adubu mubin, he is a clear enemy to you. Ardu Adawa is enmity and Ardu is someone who hates you, who opposes you, who wants to harm you, doesn't want anything good for you. And Mubin, clear, Bayanun, meaning his enmity is clear. He's made it very, very clear to you that he's not your friend, instead he's your enemy. Allah tells us over here, eat that which is halal and tayyib. And secondly, don't follow shaitan. Because shaitan, what is he going to invite you to? Every way that Allah has forbidden and every way that Allah dislikes. And because He's your enemy, a clear enemy, this is why He's going to call you to the disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? So that you suffer. You become a failure at the end. He doesn't want anything good for you. The question is, why is this mentioned right after eating? What's the connection between eating halal and tayyib and not following the footsteps of shaitan? The thing is that eating, why do we eat? Why do you eat? To get nutrition, to get healthy, but seriously, you eat fries and chips and coke just to get energy? Desire. You like something, so you eat it. You want something, so you have it. So food is what? Satisfying a desire. Eating food is satisfying desire. Shaitan, where does he come to us from? How does he lead us astray? Through our desires. Because our desires, when it comes to them, we become very weak. A person may be very strong. But when it comes to, for example, a chocolate bar, they'll do anything to get it. And sometimes you'll be amazed. People who are big, strong, and... They desperately want a drink. They desperately want something that they like to eat. So it happens. We have desires and shaitan comes to us through our desires. So for example, we're eating something. We want to eat it. Shaitan says, don't worry about the ingredients. Don't look. Don't look. What if there's lard in this? What if there's so and so ingredient in it? Then you won't be able to have it. So shaitan makes us eat haram food. And also it happens 
that for example, we are very careful about what we put in our mouths, but shaitan, he makes us negligent about what we put into our ears or into our eyes. We're careful about what we're eating, but not about what we're taking in with our eyes and our ears. Desires. Likewise, a person will be very careful about what he's eating, but he doesn't realize that at the same time, he may be eating the flesh of his dead brother. Backbiting. Ghiba. So shaitan calls us to all evil acts that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dislikes. And He comes to us through our desires. This is why Allah says, وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا خُطُوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ Because, إِنَّهُ لَكُمْ عَدُوٌ مُبِينٌ Indeed, He is to you an open, a clear enemy. Now, what are some of the khutuwat of shaitan? What are some of the ways of shaitan? Some of the things that shaitan does. Some of the things that shaitan calls us to. Because Allah is telling us, don't follow him. So what are the things that shaitan calls us to? Can you think of something? Okay, shaitan does not like to do sajda. And he does not want us to do sajda. So when it comes time to pray, we're too tired, we're too sleepy, we are too busy, we want to do something else. Okay, steps to zina, steps to haram. Okay, look at that guy, look at him again. My God, his hair, his shirt, his shoes. Wow, what's his name? Oh my. Khutuwat al-shaytan. Taking people to zina, taking people to haram. What else does shaytan does? Innovation, fabricating things in the religion. I'll tell you something very small. The Prophet ﷺ said, لا يأكل أحدكم بشماله ولا يشرب بشماله فإن الشيطان يأكل بشماله ويشرب بشماله None of you should eat with his left hand and none of you should drink with his left hand. Because shaitan, he eats with his left hand and he drinks with his left hand. There's a hadith in Sahih Muslim. Eating with the left hand, drinking with the left hand, this is what? The ways of shaitan. Allah tells us don't follow shaitan, don't do what he does. Likewise we see that yawning. When a person yawns, this is from shaitan. Shaitan makes us yawn. This is why we start yawning the moment we start praying or the moment we start reading the Qur'an. Does it happen with you? Yeah. And when a person yawns with his mouth open, shaitan laughs at him. He mocks at him. He laughs at him. So when a person yawns, he should control himself. First of all, try not to yawn. And if it's coming, you cannot resist it, then control it to the best of your ability. What happens if a person uses his left hand to eat and drink? Then he is pleasing shaitan. And when a person pleasing shaitan, then shaitan becomes more stronger and he will lead him astray in other ways as well. Then he should try to change his habit. Because in a hadith we learned that a man was eating with his left hand and the Prophet ﷺ said, don't eat with your left hand, eat with your right hand. He said, I can't. He said, I can't eat with my right hand. And he said, may you never eat with your right hand. And the man was never able to lift his right hand up to his mouth. So this is something serious. And the thing is that we say, oh, a person you know, writes with their left hand. But there are many people who write with their left hand. You write with your left hand? How do you eat? With your right hand. Shafika? Yes, you eat with your right hand. I've seen her. She writes everything with her left hand, but she's drinking, she's driving, she's doing so many things with her right hand. I mean, think about it, when you're driving, even if you're left-handed, 
aren't you going to use your right hand for so many things? You are. So why is it that when it comes to eating, we say, oh, we can't. We can. You're stronger. Don't make yourself weak. Don't handicap yourself. Likewise, we see that the ways of shaitan is making incorrect opinions in religion. Qiyas, that is facet, that is incorrect. So for example, we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told shaitan, prostrate to Adam. He said, no, I am better than him. So I'm not going to prostrate to Adam. So likewise, we are to pray. A person says, no, but I don't understand what salah means, so I'm not going to pray. We are told fast. We say, no, the fast is too long. I'm not going to fast. Using logic, incorrect logic in the religion. This is of the ways of shaitan. Another way of shaitan, hasad, jealousy. How? He was jealous of Adam salam. So Allah says, لَا تَتَّبِعُوا خُطُوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ Don't follow the footsteps of shaitan because he is to you an open enemy. If you follow him, he is going to lead you to hellfire. He is going to lead you to destruction. And on the day of judgment, is he going to care for you? No. Just like we learned earlier, that all the leaders, what will they do? They will disassociate from their followers. So likewise, shaitan will say on the day of judgment, I only called you. And you responded to me. So don't blame me, blame yourself. I never forced you to do it. إِنَّمَا يَأْمُرُكُمْ Indeed, he orders you. يَأْمُرُ Hamza Mimra. Shaitan orders you بِالسُوءِ With the evil وَالْفَحْشَاءِ And the indecency. إِنَّمَا يَأْمُرُكُمْ بِالسُوءِ وَالْفَحْشَاءِ What is بِالسُوءِ? السُوءِ is from the root letter seen while Hamza. And so is something that makes a person feel sad, feel bad. Yasu'u. It makes a person feel bad. If you have a fight with somebody, how do you feel afterwards? How do you feel? Bad. If you have a conscience that is alive, how will you feel? Bad. Can you think of some other sins that if we do, we feel bad afterwards? What other sins are there? That we do and after we perform them we feel bad. Lying, skipping prayers, getting angry, answering back to our parents, not submitting an assignment, coming late to wherever we have to. When we're doing those actions, it doesn't matter. But afterwards we feel bad. And you know what? Even if we don't feel bad, our life becomes difficult because sins have consequences. If we do something wrong, we will see its consequences in our lives. So, إِنَّمَا يَأْمُرُكُمْ بِالسُّوءِ Shaitan orders you with bad actions. Things that will make you sad, things that will affect your life in a very negative way, things that will have terrible repercussions in your life. وَالْفَحْشَاءِ And also the indecency. فَحْشَاءِ And fahsha is that which is indecent. Now, when su and fahsha are coming together, su refers to minor sins, and fahsha refers to major sins. Major sins, like zina, because it's indecent. Killing somebody, absolutely indecent. So, think about it. Shaitan orders you with su and fahsha. If you think about minor sins, are they forgiven by the good deeds that we perform? Aren't they? Yes, a person performs minor sins and when he does something good, then good deeds erase bad deeds. 
Why do you think shaitan would order us to do small sins then? Yes. Because they lead us to greater sins. Because when a person does something wrong once, a small thing, a little thing, can he do it again? Yes. Can he do it again? Yes. Can he do it again? Of course. And when he does it a number of times, then it becomes easier for him to do something that is much worse. And this is why when a person persists on minor sins, then it becomes equal to a major sin. So, إِنَّمَا يَأْمُرُكُمْ بِالسُّوءِ وَالْفَحْشَاءِ Doesn't it show how much he hates us? That he doesn't leave anything, he doesn't spare any chance to harm us. Even if it's telling us to do something small that is bad, he will take the advantage and he will do that. And he also commands you that أَنْتَقُولُ that you say قَافْ وَأَوْلَامْ عَلَى اللَّهِ upon Allah meaning about Allah مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ what you do not know. تَعْلَمُونَ عِلْمْ عَيْن لَامِيمْ He tells you to say such things about Allah that you have no idea about. Meaning, He tells you to invent things about Allah, to say wrong things about Allah, to have wrong assumptions about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When it comes to qawl ala Allah, talking about Allah, it could be of three types. First of all, that a person says something, and he knows that yes, Allah has said it. This is true with regards to Allah. Is that good? Should a person say that? Yes. So you know something that is mentioned in the Qur'an, and you tell somebody about it. Should you do that? Of course you should. This is something beneficial. Another is that a person says something, and he knows that Allah has not said it. So he says, oh, in the Qur'an such and such is mentioned. And he is saying that deliberately. How is that? It's haram. It's forbidden. And this is from shaitan. Another is that a person doesn't know. And he says that Allah has said such and such. But he doesn't know if Allah has said it or He has not said it. He doesn't know. Is that right? No. Even that is not right. So what does this ayah show to us? That shaitan, any command that he gives to us is what? Su fahsha. It's evil, it's indecent. So anytime we have the thought of even doing something wrong, saying something wrong, saying something evil, then whose command is it? Whose command is it? Shaitan. Because many times we say, oh, I don't know if this was waswasa of shaitan. Does it ever happen? Oh, I don't know if it was actually the waswasa of shaitan or if it was just my heart. Anything evil that you intend, that you want to do, Know that it is from shaitan. And even if it is from your soul, from your own heart, who has trained your heart to be like that? Shaitan. So don't do that. Control yourself. Don't listen to that. And with regard to that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-A'raf, ayah 200, that وَإِمَّا يَنْزَغَنَّكَ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ نَزْغُنْ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ That whenever you feel that shaitan is prompting you with something evil, then seek refuge with Allah. So any evil thought, you want to say something evil about somebody, you're thinking something negative about another person, instantly, أعوذ بالله. You want to say something that's obscene to another person, say something that is indecent to another, أعوذ بالله. Because you have these desires. Shaitan will urge you to do something wrong. At that time, control yourself. And then we also learn in this verse, that we must not speak without knowledge. Especially about who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because when a person speaks without knowledge concerning Allah, 
then this is a result of what? It's a result of pride, it's a result of arrogance, it's a result of foolishness at the same time. That a person says, oh, why is it that Allah has commanded us to do such and such? Or Allah does not know, Allah does not care. I'm going through so much hardship, Allah doesn't care about me. This is what? Pride. Who do you think you are to say such a statement? Low self-esteem, negative feelings about ourselves, all of this is from shaitan. So لا تتبعوا خطوات الشيطان Don't follow him. Because إِنَّمَا يَأْمُرُكُمْ بِالسُّوءِ وَالْفَحْشَاءِ وَأَن تَقُولُوا عَلَى اللَّهِ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ And a person could say wrong things about Allah concerning his actions, concerning the attributes of Allah, concerning the commands that Allah has given. And whenever a person says such things, all of this is based on ignorance, foolishness, pride, and that is from shaitan too. Let's listen to the recitation. يا أيها الناس كلوا مما في الأرض حلالا طيبا ولا تتبعوا خطوات الشيطان إنه لكم عدو مبين إنما يأمركم بالسوء والفحشاء وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ And when it is said to them, قِيلَ from the root letters قَاف وَاولَام that اتَّبِعُوا you should follow مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ what Allah has revealed. When some people are told, follow what Allah has revealed, how should you follow it? Meaning, whatever Allah has revealed, you should have the same belief. Whatever Allah has revealed, you should say according to that, you should act according to that. Live it, believe in it, follow it. In qawl, in fi'l, in aqidah. Then what happens? What's their reaction? Do they accept? No, their hearts don't soften. Allah says that qalu, they say, bal nattabi'u, instead we are going to follow ma alfayna alayhi. We are going to follow what we found our forefathers on. We're going to follow our families, our parents, our society, our culture, what we have always been doing. Alfayna, lam fa wow. Alfa, this is to find something by chance. It is to find something by chance. You weren't looking for it, but you found it. Okay, you weren't looking for it, but you found it. So for example, a person wasn't looking for the truth, he wasn't looking for religion, how to worship, how to celebrate, how to live. He was born in a family and they celebrate a particular way, they worship in a particular way, so he just started doing that. He hasn't selected it for himself, he didn't choose it for himself, he didn't look for it, whatever he found he just got it, he just took it. So they say that instead we are going to follow what we found our forefathers on. Aba is a plural of ab. Meaning our ancestors, whatever religion they have been practicing, that is what we are going to practice. Whether they are right or they are not. Whether they were on the truth or they were not on the truth. Why do you think they say that? Because they love their forefathers. They love their ancestors. Many times it happens that when it comes to worldly things, do people like to follow their ancestors? 
worldly things. So for example, your mother used to wear back in the day certain type of clothes. Would you wear the same type of clothes? No way. Back in the day, they used to wear certain shoes. Would you wear the same shoes? Not at all. Back in the day, they used to wear a particular kind of bags. Would you wear the same thing? Not at all. It's embarrassing to do that. What everything else, we think whatever our forefathers, our parents, our families have been doing, it's outdated. We can't do it. If a woman has a child and the mother will tell her, feed this to your child. She'll say, no, 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 you guys don't know. Now the doctors say that you don't give solids until such and such month. And you don't give this food until such and such month. We don't look at the advice of our parents, of our elders. We disregard that completely. Why? Because we feel we have found something better. Something that's more beneficial. But when it comes to religion, many times the state of most people is what? That they will limit themselves to what their ancestors would do. I have experiences myself. I remember there was a girl, I knew her very well. She was a Christian. And um, I used to tell her that why don't you come study the Qur'an? Because she used to say, I love to study. This was back home. She used to work in somebody's house. And she said, I love to study. I really want to go to college. I really want to learn. So I told her, if you want to learn something, come here. You know, you can learn this in English. And uh, we'll take care of it. You study. She said, okay, fine. She was interested. She wanted to learn. But then, after some time, she came to me. She said, you know what? Your religion is what your parents do. Your family does. So... I was born in a Christian family, so I should be a Christian. So I don't think I should even study Islam. And I couldn't understand. Her mother used to dress differently. She didn't say, oh, since my mother dresses like that, I should also dress in the same way. And I said that to her, that why don't you follow her in every way? She's like, no, but your religion is your family. Your religion is your culture. Everything, we will go against the culture. But when it comes to religion... It's as though we cannot use our minds over there. And it is something for which we need to use our minds the most. Because it's the most important things concerning our lives. So, قَالُوا بَلْ نَتَّبِعُ مَا أَلْفَيْنَا عَلَيْهِ آبَاءَنَا Allah says, أَوَلَوْ كَانَ آبَاؤُهُمْ أَوَلَوْ Meaning they will follow their forefathers, even though كَانَ آبَاؤُهُمْ Their forefathers, لَا يَعْقِلُونَ شَيْئًا They did not understand a thing. عَيْنْ قَافْلَامْ وَلَا يَهْتَدُونَ And they were not rightly guided. Hidayah. They will follow their forefathers even though their ancestors did not know anything about the truth, about the religion. And they were not rightly guided. Still they will follow them. What does this show to us? That we should not be so obsessed with something or someone that we follow them in every way, that even if they're doing something wrong, even if they're doing something illogical, we still imitate them, we still follow them, we still listen to them. We should use our mind. If somebody is telling us to do something wrong, we're not going to listen to them, no matter how close they are. No matter how much respect we have for them. Once a group of companions were traveling, and their leader was a little upset with the rest of them, so he said, jump into the fire. He was very upset with them. He said, jump into the fire. So they didn't. And when they came to the Prophet ﷺ, they told him what happened, that they disobeyed their leader. And the Prophet ﷺ said that, the gist of which is that if you were to enter that, then you would enter the hellfire. Meaning you can't obey people when they're telling you to do something wrong. 
Many times it happens that a person belongs to, for example, a particular school of thought. They say, oh, we're supposed to be Hanafi. Oh, we're supposed to be Salafi. Oh, we're supposed to be this. We're supposed to be that. We've invented these names ourselves. And these names did not exist at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, at the time of the righteous people. So we say that, okay, even though the hadith says that, but since I'm Shafi'i, since I'm so-and-so, I'm not going to do this. I go to that masjid, this is why I'm not going to follow this hadith. We cannot do that. We cannot follow other people just because we respect them. No. We are supposed to follow the truths. We are supposed to follow the truths. And the truth comes from who? Allah. So whatever Allah tells us, whatever His Messenger has informed us, when we find out about it, then we are obligated to live it. We are obligated to accept it. And any person who rejects evidence, then he's similar to such people who don't use their mind. وَمَثَلُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا And the example of those people who disbelieve. الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا كَمَثَلِ is like example of who? الَّذِي the one who يَنْعِقُ He is yelling, he is shouting, he is screaming. الَّذِي يَنْعِقُ نُونْ عَيْنْ قَافِ This word means to scream, to shout. It's also used for the cawing of a crow. It's also used for when a shepherd is yelling, is calling out his animals. So any loud sound. الَّذِي يَنْعِقُ The one who is yelling, who is he? The shepherd. Who is he calling? When the shepherd is making a noise, who is he calling? His animals, his flock, his sheep, his goats, his cows. But when he's calling them, what do his flock hear? Bima with that which ma refers to the animals that he is calling. La yasmaru, it does not hear, meaning those animals don't hear. Illa except duaan wa nidaan, a dua or a nida. That's all they hear, meaning they don't comprehend what the shepherd is saying. They're just responding to the sound that they hear. Dua dal ain wa, nida nun dal ya. Dua is to call someone with a specific name. So for example, a person has a dog and they've named their dog Peter. So when they want to call their dog, they'll say, Pete, Peter. So as soon as a dog will hear Pete, Peter, what will he do? He will respond. This is dua. Nida is to make a general sound. That is not specific to one, but to many. So for example, A man, a shepherd is calling all of his flock, all of his sheep. So he will go like, ah, 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 whatever. If you've ever seen people call their chickens by doing ah, 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 and they come. They come running to you because they think you're giving them some food. So they have been trained to respond to that particular sound, that particular word. But do they comprehend what is being said? No. Do they process the words that are being said to them? No. They don't fully comprehend them. They have just been trained to respond to that sound. So likewise, those who disbelieve, their shepherd, meaning their ancestors, they call them. And what happens? They respond immediately without even thinking about what they're being called to. Many times it happens that a person will do ah, 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 and the chickens will run to them and they will grab the chickens and go slaughter them. 
If the chicken knew that I am being called so that I may be slaughtered, would the chicken ever respond? Never. Never. A dog is not on a leash. He's running openly in the field, running here, there, having so much fun. And then the owner calls him, Pete. And the dog comes running. And the leash is on and in you go. If the dog knew what was meant by that address, would he ever respond? No, he wouldn't. So these people, they don't use their brains. They don't even think about what their ancestors are calling them to, what their cultural values are calling them to. They're just following blindly. Whatever people are doing, they're doing. Whatever they've been doing before, they've been doing. They don't critically analyze what they're following, what they're practicing. This is why Allah calls them summun, plural of a someone who is deaf, sad, me, me. They don't hear the truth. Bukmun, plural of abakam, back half meme. One who is mute, a person who is unable to speak. So they don't speak the truth. Umyun, plural of arma, ayn meme, ya. A person who is blind, the one who does not see the truth. Fahum la yaqinun, so they do not understand. These people are as good as animals. Animals that don't comprehend what is being said, they're just, they're trained to respond to the sound as soon as a call is made, they go. Whatever particular sound is made, they respond to that accordingly without even thinking about what is being said. They're just following blindly. Likewise, these people are doing the same thing. Following their forefathers blindly. Lost in that love. Unable to open their eyes and look at their surroundings and look at their actions and consciously decide what they want to do. فَهُمْ لَا يَعْقِلُونَ They don't have aql. But do they not have intelligence at all? Of course they do. The people at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, the mushtikeen, were they not intelligent people? Yes, they were very intelligent when it came to business, when it comes to many worldly things, but when it came to religion, not at all. Ibrahim ﷺ, he tried to convince his people, the sun, it went, the moon, it went, the star, it went, these idols, they're broken. You put the food, they don't eat. You have to fix them. You have to take care of them. But did they understand that logic? They didn't understand because they were just following blindly. You know, just like a dog has been trained that if there is a stranger close to the house, you know, the dog will start barking. And you're just playing in the park and you go to get your ball and the dog barks at you as if you're going to go into the house and do something wrong. And many times the dog will also chase people. And he will bite them. And the dog will even harm the kids. Why? Because he thinks that these people are going to barge in and they're going to do some harm. Has it ever happened with you? You're walking and you did nothing to the dog and the dog is barking at you without even thinking that you have no business with the dog. Why? Because he's been trained like that. So he doesn't use his mind, he doesn't use his reason who to bark at, who not to bark at. So we have to be careful. What are we doing? Are we doing things just because our family does it? You know, for example, when it comes to a wedding... People will celebrate their wedding just because it's celebrated that way in their families. You have to buy a dress that's very expensive, that you're never going to wear again, ever. Why? Because that's how things are done. Is it really worth buying a dress that's so much money, you're never, ever going to put it on again? And nobody else will take it from you because they say, oh, you've worn it. Is it worth it? Aren't we not just following people blindly? Wasting our resources? And there's so many emotional values attached to these things. Oh, we have to do this. We have to do that. How can we not do it? You don't have to. What's the big deal? 
Who said you have to? If you don't do it, you know, nothing's gonna happen. And people think, like for example, if you're getting married, you have to get married in a particular way and only that is acceptable. I remember just this Friday actually we had a wedding here and the brother who was getting married, it was his turn to give the khutbah, Jumu'ah khutbah. Any other person, oh, it's your day off. He came, he gave the khutbah, and then right after that was his nikah. Who says you have to take a week off, you have to take months off to get married, to enjoy and everything? No. It's just cultural. These are things with which we have made our lives difficult. Another sister who is in this institute as well, she's one of the teachers here. The day she was getting married, she taught her tafsir class. She taught her tafsir class, went, got married, came back, dressed up, got married, went home. Alhamdulillah. Who said that you have to waste so much time? You have to waste so much money? You don't have to. These are just cultural things that we have tied ourselves with, making our lives difficult. So use your brain, use your mind. We have to go to the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, the ways that Allah likes. And like we learned earlier, لا تتبعوا خطوات الشيطان Don't follow shaitan. He commands you with su, with fahsha, with indecency, with wastefulness, wasting your time, wasting your energy, wasting your money. So don't follow shaitan. Let's listen to the recitation. وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمُ اتَّبِعُوا مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ قَالُوا بَلْ نَتَّبِعُ مَا أَلْفَيْنَا عَلَيْهِ آبَاءَنَا أَوَلَوْ كَانَ آبَاؤُهُمْ لَا يَعْقِلُونَ شَيْئًا وَلَا يَهْتَدُونَ وَمَثَلُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا كَمَثَلِ الَّذِي يَنْعِقُ بِمَا لَا يَسْمَعُ إِلَّا دُعَاءً وَنِدَاءً صُمٌّ بُكْمٌ عُمْيٌ فَهُمْ لَا يَعْقِلُونَ So what's the lesson that we learn in these all the verses that we have studied today? What do you love? Who do you follow? Why do you follow? Wake up. Use your senses. Use your mind. Don't be a blind follower. Except to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't love anything blindly except for who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because you can trust Him and you cannot trust anything else. سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته